get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker. It is Carricker and Smallman on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our friend Eric Edholm from Yahoo is kind enough to join us. He is the lead NFL draft analyst and covers the NFL throughout the season, and obviously now without an awful lot of college football being played yet, he's concentrating even more on the NFL. How are you doing, sir? That's right. That's exactly my job right there. I'm waiting for the big games to start, but... Uh, Still happy we're having football at all. How are you guys doing this morning? Everything's good. Mizzou, a 21-and-a-half-point underdog to Alabama on Saturday night at Furrow Field. Yeah, I mean, I saw that number move a little bit when, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if coach is being a little cagey with the COVID stuff or not, but I, I obviously that's Bama, right? And we don't know who, what exactly this Mizzou team is going to look like. So a little bit of a, a little bit of a reach on that one, I think. Eric, one of the big storylines from yesterday were all the injuries, the big name injuries that came out of the NFL in week two. Which one of these injuries, which one of these star players injuries do you think is going to impact their team the most? Yeah, it's, it was, I mean, it started right away as you guys know, like, I mean, I'm not laughing. I'm just, I'm just, I was kind of stunned how quickly, you know, 10 minutes into week two, we're we're making lists of, of all the guys who went down and, and, you know, obviously, locally, I'm sure a lot of people are look, keeping an eye on Drew Locke. And I, I saw last night it was a sort of a two to two to six or three to six week thing. And shoulders, you have to be very careful. I've talked to some sports med people who say, you know, shoulders are tricky. They don't always heal the way you want. Sometimes they can be faster. They can present like you're healing faster. And then you have a setback or a subluxation or something. So that's a tricky one to follow. But I if Nick Bose is out for the year and I haven't seen this morning, whether they've confirmed that or not, that's a huge blow to the 49ers. And that's nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, it's nothing against Raheem Mostert or any of the other guys who suffered injuries You know, all the receivers they've had go down. I just feel like he's one of the probably a dozen defenders in the league who are that big of an individual difference maker who, who with them on the field, they are noticeably, markedly better than when they're not. So to me, the Bosa injury is going to end up being pretty big because, you know, you guys have seen the Rams look good early on. We know the Seahawks, what they're capable of doing. Uh, The Cardinals are are one of the nice surprises of the season so far. It's a really tough division, and it wouldn't be stunning to see them go from last to first to last place if, if that ends up happening. Eric Edholm of Yahoo with us on 101 ESPN and the injuries in New Jersey attributed to the new turf at MetLife Stadium. The yeah. Jets had practiced on that once. The 49ers obviously had not been on it. And by the way, the Niners have to go back to MetLife to take on the Giants <laughs> next week. But doesn't that seem like a league as big as the NFL would do something to test out a turf before you have guys get on it? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I mean, I'm up here in Chicago where they use grass, but 
you know, for years and years and years, people would be complaining about the Soldier Field surface and the NFLPA would get involved. And, you know, behind closed doors, people would be saying, why, you know, why can't this be better? What are we doing wrong here? And so there were always, you know, coaches and administrators calling around trying to figure out why it wasn't better here. It always feels like there's, there's one or two surfaces per year that really get the attention of players, of coaches, you know, of other people who, you know, especially with the teams that suffer the injuries, it never really seems to be the home team. It always seems to be the way team for some reason, but it is a little bit of a bizarre situation. I can guarantee that there will be a, a pretty good uh, investigation this week, just knowing that the 49ers, you said, now have to play on that same field again against the Giants. So they're going to be hanging out, staying East Coast this week, and you can bet there'll be a few phone calls placed on that one, I think. Eric, you mentioned you're in Chicago, so I want to ask you about the Bears and Mitch Trubisky. They're sitting at 2-0 and with close victories over the Lions and the Giants, but do you feel any more confidence in the Bears and Mitch Trubisky? Oh, Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? This is, <laughs> this is the formula right here. You know, sweat it out till the final play. Really battle test your guys, right? Give them that mental sharpness you need come playoff time. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, when you have a good defense and the run game's been cooking better than it was last year, you know, you can get away with some, some less than clean play on offense. And Mitch has had three brilliant quarters. You know, the fourth quarter against Detroit week one, the first half this uh, Sunday, and five kind of not-so-great ones. And his accuracy, he still hasn't completed 60% of his passes in the two games. So there's work to be done, right? I mean, Allen Robinson's been crowing about a new contract. I think he deserves it. But he and Mitch haven't gotten on the same page yet this season. Anthony Miller has cost them, you know, points this season. He had a drop touchdown on Sunday. You know, he was sort of hot and cold in week one. You know, these are the guys that they invested heavily in at wide receiver who've got to help them out. Now, does Mitch still need to get better? Yes, but I would say he's playing better than he did, you know, through any two-game stretch last year. I'd have to go, you know, refresh my memory a little bit on, on some of those games, but I was at that opener last year, the Thursday night opener against the Packers. He started slowly, had a rough game. He looked like a ghost. Like, it looked like somebody kind of stole his soul a little bit. And I don't see that from him this year. I do see more confidence, more kind of, I don't know, just a little bit more bravado and self-belief. So that, that gives me hope that, that he's going to be okay. I mean, the two interceptions yesterday, neither one was atrocious. They were both sort of 50-50 balls that just ended up a little, you know, a little too far to one side or the other. Eric, when you are able to get that deflection pass to Bobby Massey on fourth <laughs> and one, that, that has to enhance your confidence level a lot. Oh, gosh, right. I mean, you remember two years ago, Matt Nagy whipped out all the, the trick plays. You know, he was throwing it to <laughs> offensive linemen and, you know, backwards to people. I, I'm still not convinced that there wasn't something on on this one. But, yes, that was a very fortunate play. Uh, I'd like to see Nagy, you know, script these things as opposed to have them happen like that. But yeah, it was, it, those are the kind of plays that you got to get in order to win games sometimes. And when you're, when you don't have exceptional talent at the quarterback position, I mean, I think Mitch is fine. He's just not, he's not ever going to be great in my opinion. Eric, I want to ask you about the Rams. They're sitting at 2-0 with wins over the Eagles and the Cowboys. But do you think that says more about the Rams being good or more about the NFC East not being great? Yeah, it's, 
I mean, I I still think Dallas is really good. I, I I know it took a you know probably a lot of gifting from the Atlanta Falcons yesterday, but they but their explosive talent is still there. But yeah, that division right now is you know it's, it was like last year. It was like nobody wanted to claim the division down the stretch. You know, every time it looked like well Dallas has got the edge in the head to head victories, they blew it last year. The Eagles kind of back their way into the playoffs. And so far, you can't say that any of those teams right now look like they're, you know, truly contenders at this point. So the Eagles are in a really tricky spot. I don't want to discredit the victory for the Rams because, you know, you go on the road and barnstorm them the way they did. I mean, I thought they played, you know, a very crisp game offensively, did enough defensively to obviously sort sort of short-circuit them a little bit, but... Yeah, it's a, it's going to be another tough year for, for the NFC East unless a team like Dallas kind of starts asserting itself for four quarters and, and you know, uh, finishing off every game. And, Eric, it's interesting because in that division, Philadelphia can be sitting there at 0-2 and saying, okay, well, uh, we're 0-2, but we have a shot. If you're yep. Minnesota at 0-2, things can get away in a hurry, can't they? Absolutely, right? Same with the 49ers in the West. I mean, you know, I, I, I would say that it's a little tougher out West, but yeah, I mean, with Minnesota, with, with, with a loss already head to head to Green Bay and a game Sunday where they looked kind of hopeless offensively, at least throwing the football, you know, defensively, that young secondary is still coming together. The Bears at least have two games in the division. Do I think the Vikings could beat them head to head? Yeah, but they've got some work to do. And I, you know, it was funny because this offseason, I thought it was sort of, uh, I thought it was like a soft rebuild. Like I didn't think they were fully refreshing, but I thought I wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked to see them lose eight or nine games. You know, but then they go out and trade for Yannick and Gakwe, and I thought maybe maybe they're a little more confident in what they've got. Or I, you know, so I'm a little bit thrown off on where this team is, sort of short term. I would say. Eric, even in a loss yesterday, I think one of the storylines for me was still Cam Newton and the way that he's settling in with the Patriots. And hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I know that there were some injury concerns. But after you've seen the way that Cam Newton has performed in New England, are you surprised he was on the market as long as he was? Yeah, that's my question. Like, who would have, let's say New England felt like, you know, Jared Stidham was the next Tom Brady and that he was going to take the job and run with it and they never would have signed him. Who would Cam Newton have signed with? I mean, that's the question I keep having. And so you almost have to look at every single team, including the Bears. I mean, anyone who had some semblance of question at the quarterback position, whether it's for today, tomorrow, for the next three years, whatever it may be, and asked why were they not even interested? It just sort of felt like the market was completely dead. Now, I get it. This offseason with the pandemic, the inability to – have doctors be able to get their hands on a patient and see what the, you know, what, what he looks like and things like that. But there's a reason why we have medical imaging and these computers, these fancy things that can send them from one place to another. It's great stuff. I've heard all about it. I don't know why teams wouldn't at least start there and say, all right, here are our big questions about this, this injury, or here's our concern about a running quarterback at age 31 with this type of injury. It just sort of felt like teams sort of, Wrote him off, went in a different direction. And how, how he ended up in New England, I'll never never quite understand, but he's looked good so far. Hey, Eric, finally, tonight we get to see Allegiant Stadium on TV. And I love the fact that they unveil these new stadiums on television. But 
for the most part, you're just watching a football field. I, I have yet to get a real wow factor for a stadium until I get into the stadium. Yeah, true. I mean, on TV and the photos I've seen, like obviously on the inside, it looks really cool. On the outside, it kind of looks like my little Roomba, the thing that yeah, I let. It does. <laughs> you know, it has that sort of disc shape, right? And I sort of felt the same about Soldier Field when they first redid it and placed it inside the old columns and all that. I mean, it is hard to get a feel for it. I was looking so much to, to getting out to Vegas for the draft and, and giving it a, you know, just sort of walking by and seeing what I could see. And that didn't happen, obviously, because of everything that, that unfolded. But, you know, there are people raving about it and saying it's, it's, a, it's a marvel and all that. So maybe next year we'll be able to pop by and see what it looks like. I'll be fascinated to see what the game, you know, sort of looks like on TV, I guess. But like you said, until you sort of step foot, you know, U.S. Bank up in Minnesota, a couple other places where you say, ah, now I get it. Mm-hmm. That, that's the feeling you get. Eric, great to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We'll talk again soon. Have a good morning, guys. See you. You too. Take care. That's Eric Edholm. He's the lead NFL draft analyst for Yahoo, obviously covering a lot of NFL, and we love having him on the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Next up, we've got the fight for you on 101 ESPN.